There's the John Densmore, who is the drummer for the band The Doors. And then there's the John Densmore, who is running things sports media wise in Los Angeles and beyond. Both of them are a big deal. Both of them have important stories to tell. And we're going to tell the latter story in John Densmore, who's with me currently with NFL Network, Pac-12 Network, works TV shows as well. He does so many different things. And if I were to get into all of his credits, we might be here for a day. But he is a three-time Emmy Award winner, and he's got an inspiring story. And we're going to talk about it on the On to Something podcast. I'm Brian Fenley, a national anchor at Fox Sports Radio. I'm on Twitter at Brian Fenley. John We met many years ago. This is so fun. I'm excited to have you in this conversation because of your journey. Seeing that all of you've done now and you are doing great things, but if we go back in time when things were not as great and you were trying to find your niche and find your way, when you got to Los Angeles and you decided to really take a chance on yourself, what version of John Densmore would I meet back then? Oh, hungry and eager and, you know, willing to do anything. And that's pretty much how it was. I was, uh, I came out here with no, uh, no job prospects. Only knew one person living out here and I ended up finding an internship. I was looking for internships and PA work. So that's the kind of John Densmore you would find, um, just big eyed and saying like, let's go. What do you got for me? I'll take it. Is it video editing? Is it shooting? Is it going to be just going to get coffee? I'm just here. I'm just here for it all. As you are building up your reputation in Los Angeles and your name starts to get out more, how do you balance being patient with your rise and realizing it takes time, but also being hungry as well and being constantly on the lookout for how you can grow and how you can get your name out there as well? Well, um, you know, it's also has to do with a lot of support. You know, I moved out here with my now wife, but she was my girlfriend at the time. So she was, you know, obviously pretty much my rock and, um, she was able to find a full-time job. So that's, a, that, uh, that was a the support there. So we at least some income coming in so that, and also I came out here with a little bit of money saved up. So I was able to go, you know, months without working or, you know, you know, in that regard, and I think, you know, just having that support system, that, that's pretty much how I was able to survive, I think, all that time. But there was obviously, I think it's an important topic to talk about. You know, people come out here with a dream and expectation. And ours was like, you know, hey, if we can't make it, we can move back. And we said we'd give it like six months. But, you know, those six months fly by. Next thing you know, it's a year and then two years. Now I've been out here now, uh, coming up 11 years I've been out here now. So... I think just uh, pay, the, the patience with that and having the support system, you know, and just trusting in yourself and, you know, following your gut instinct, you know. I feel like failure for you, John, was never an option. You got here, <laughs> you were going to make it happen, and there was no other option. And to have a wife like that so supportive, people don't realize, I, I would think from your perspective, John, how powerful, how incentivizing, empowering it is to have your significant other in your court supporting you through the way, because oftentimes if something isn't working out, that other significant other might say, Hey, John, maybe we should do this, do that. But just going from, from her light to see the way in which she empowered you, where do you think you would be in this business without her, her support, her advocacy of what you are and what you're capable of doing? 
Oh boy, did she? Uh, did she set this up between you and I? Did she set this interview yeah, up? The, the check is coming in the mail right after this interview was sent out. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, we love to tell this story because I think this is a, a you know a good story to tell new people that are just you know coming out here. Is that also I did fail, and she did have doubts about me because my first job, um, I got a, I found a job on Craigslist to be a PA runner for this um, independent feature film in Venice Beach, California. And I was living in Santa Monica. So I was like, great, I could ride. We only had one car out here. So I was like, great, I could ride my bike down there, check in. And, you know, the production, I, you know, of course, looking back on now, it's easier to talk about, you know, but at the time it was, it was devastating. I basically, long story short was I got fired off the, my, it was like my first day on the job. And they, they, let, they fired me because I wasn't doing lockups properly. I was trying to, they wanted the, board, the Venice boardwalk locked up, even though they didn't really have any permits. And there was, you know, power hungry production coordinators, power hungry, you know, people, you know, looking back, they were just like that, that tenacity. And I was just like trying to be like, stop people, don't walk through, we're trying to shoot something, you know? And I ended up getting uh, let go and fired. So I was looking back, that was like my first job out here. And so my wife was like, Ooh, you got fired off your first job. I don't know if this is really going to work out for us, you know, or <laughs> she might stay out here and leave me behind. You know? <laughs> uh, so that's, yeah, that was one of the jobs um, that, that very first kicked off our, our, our LA uh, adventure here. Why do you think eternally you didn't let that experience, that sour experience deflate you when it could have, it could have totally turned you off from the business. Why internally would you not let it get in the way of your long-term goals for yourself? I think just having hope and understanding that, you know, there is a, that that was just one small production kind of thing. And I still have a lot to learn, obviously. And I did learn from it. Maybe, you know, I was like, I should have asked more questions from it. You know, I should have been more communicate, you know, talked more to the production about it. That sort of thing. So, you know, I looked at the positive side and I, you know, I'm an optimistic person in general and, you know, over the years, I mean, it still happens. You know, I have off this entire week of work right now, Monday through Friday, I'm not working at all right now. And so it's still, you know, the ebbs and flows, but then uh, the following week I'm booked, you know, seven days straight. So, you know, it's, it's just the emotional roller coaster that we're on. And uh, another tie back to that with the wife being patient is, um, now that I am getting more working and more set in my career, she's now um, not wanting me to work, you know, the smaller jobs or the, the jobs on the weekends now. So she's like, you know, you've worked every single Saturday and Sunday for the past, you know, like year and a half. Can you like not work a Saturday or Sunday? I'm just like, this is what we signed. This is what you signed up for. You've known me for, you know, we've done this forever now. But, um, you know, it's like, well, as you get along with your career, it's like, do you really have to work? all those jobs still, do you still have to choose, like do every single one? So that's also kind of like where I'm at right now, where I'm starting to be a little bit more selective in my career. And now that I've got relationships with, uh, with some of those, the broadcast networks and uh, jobs, they understand if I call out or if I, if I book out, you know, no question about it. John Densmore is with us. I'm Brian Fenley. This is the On to something podcast. And we're talking about John's career and his come up in the business. So let's go, let's fast forward to 2016. Rio Olympic Games, the Emmy Award, if I'm not mistaken, is coming for you during this event. And John, if I'm not mistaken as well, did you work in golf? Yes, it was was the first time it was golf was Olympic sports since like 1900 or something. They brought golf back. So 
that's also kind of how I got selected. Um, I hadn't shot really much golf. I've done some golf before, but I wasn't like a tour guy that's been like every single week on the tour with these guys. So I think that I got in with the, and also to understand about the Olympics, there's two, there's two broadcasts. You have what's called OBS, the Olympic broadcast service. They're the ones that really do the event. They have like a full crew and then NBC will hire just like a, a, a handful of people to shoot basically the U S side or for our broadcast side. So I was hired for the NBC side while, um, so I, I basically did handheld uh, walking with the, the top golfers or whatever, like whatever our announcers wanted to talk about the producers, I would just follow along with our storylines while OBS would do the general golf coverage. So you did that, and obviously you've worked in so many different sports. The NFL Network is a place that you take a lot of pride in. And carrying around the steady cam at yeah. games, yeah. what goes into to your mindset? You think about an athlete and who you're portraying with those cameras, mm-hmm. but if I'm living in your headspace as you're operating one of those steady cams, and for people that, that aren't familiar and, and you – Certainly, John would know better than me, but these are humongous apparatuses that are attached to your body, a huge camera that is basically what the size of your body, in a sense, if you think about the length of everything. But for you to be able to operate those and to get the best out of you in what you're trying to depict through the lens, what's going through your head when you are bearing one of those pieces of equipment? Well, I think it also just comes from being a camera operator in general is basically, you know, you, you live through the lens, essentially, you know, it's a part of your body, it's a part of your mind. And what I love about Steadicam is it gives you that freedom to move around and have a almost creative direction. Obviously, you have a director, you have a producer kind of thing that they have an idea of like what needs to be done, what needs to be shot. But generally speaking, it's up to you to kind of, you know, find the transition or go with the flow, read the body language of the actor or um, athlete and see, you know, which direction they're going. So it becomes like harmonious and sync. And that's also what you're factoring in when you're doing like film stuff, it's just, you're, you're driving the camera around, but in sports and live TV, I'm also doing the zoom control with my thumb. I'm zooming in, I'm zooming out. And then I'm focusing with my, with my finger so generally speaking in, in sports, you know, it's, you know, you see it's more of a wider shot. So it's pretty generic. And, you know, so the focus that uh, you don't really have to mess with the focus too often, unless you're pushing into somebody's head. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so it's really, to me, it's, it's just, I must be like an athlete yourself. I mean, uh, I ran cross country and track in high school and I, I always have been a physically fit guy. And that's also what I love. I love him as being sore and tired after the show or after the game, um, sweating, hips hurting, back hurting, you know, I actually enjoy that. You know, that's, that's why I think also why I love to love it. If I were to zoom in on a part of your career that you felt like was one in which you were able to very much grow from. And I know we've talked about some of the earlier times in your career, but as your career moved on and the successes came and the opportunities started to flow in, zooming in on those, what is one accomplishment that you or those around you look as underrated, but for you, you hold it in a high regard because that in part played a big part in launching where you are today 
Ooh. Wow. It's like a, almost like a therapy session in a way, too. Hey, That's you a- know what? That might be my next life. I, I might <laughs> I be reincarnated into a therapist. Um, I would say working in-house, in-house video, um, because they're, they're really, you know, known as like, oh, you're the Jumbotron guy, you know, oh, you shoot video board stuff. But you really, that's how I cut my teeth. I learned what to do, what not to do. But also, all those video board shows are still part of the biggest games. They cover, you know, I'm about to do one for the Rose Bowl game uh, upcoming here, you know. So I started doing in-house work back in, that was actually my first internship job back in Maryland. I worked for AAA Baseball, Ripken Baseball at the Aberdeen Ironbirds. And then I transitioned that to the, the Washington Nationals baseball team. So coming out to LA, I applied for the Dodgers and I got in with the Dodgers video board because I had that experience. And from the Dodgers, my network grew, but also with the Dodgers and with the Nationals, what that allowed me to do is I learned how I learned about graphics. I did graphics. I did replay. Um, I did audio for a little bit and then really camera. So that really was, I think, most underrated but yet most important part of my career was working for the in-house crew and which i still do i still take pride in it you know i've worked i'm a union guy i've worked on some of these big big time shows like you said and i'm still doing in-house video board work number one because you know it helps fill the gaps in the schedule you know to work and number two it's just you know it's good people it's less stress you know and it's fun you know it's, it's fun and for the most part, you know, it doesn't pay like great, but you know, it's, it's about just being there and, and, and keeping yourself active, you know, learning new things. That's also a thing learn to experiment. You know, I would learn a lot of the, the tricks that I do with my camera work through in-house work, you know, that's trial and error. Let's so get would, to oh, yeah, go for it. the in-house work. Yeah. So let's go to, to how you've experimented. Mm-hmm. And obviously with this business, creativity is something that is, is honored, but also mm-hmm. you take chances. Sometimes the producer, the director likes what you do. Sometimes they don't, but you got to try it at some point. What for you is, is something you've done that has been unique in the way in which you've captured an image that maybe wasn't conventional, but absolutely looked great or something you take a lot of pride in yeah all right um well two parts and that come to mind real quick one is um doing the dodgers dodgers video board is known you know dodgers is all about it entertainment you know entertainment entertainment so when you look at that video board you're gonna laugh um i've had a couple of funny moments that have gone viral i had the uh rally granny the granny that flashed her uh her <laughs> that was like three year, two or three years ago i found her on the robo cams <laughs> Um, but whenever I would go handheld, I would interact with the, the fans and I would say, hey, put your glove up to the camera here like this. And then I'm going to zoom out, and, you know, and you're going to reveal and, and give me the, you know, the, the L.A., you know, do that kind of thing. And so I would interact with the crowd and it would look great on the video board. And I would you know, do Dutch angles and then come to center, just do that kind of stuff just to, you know, make it instead of just a plain video image. You know, I think of the fan back at home uh, or in the stands, you know, looking at that, just being entertained and not wanting to keep their eyes off the video board. So that's one. And then doing steady cam work, um, you know, again, you have a most creative freedom with that. And because I'm, I'm six foot four, I would go from a look, you can boom the steady cam down low and then I would be able to go up super high. So I would almost be able to go from like four feet 
down to like, you know, seven feet in the air. So it'd be able to almost be like a jib shot. So I take pride in, you know, being able to do that, that kind of boom range for, you know, it doesn't work for everything, obviously, but if for like a concert music video, that sort of thing, uh, I love doing that sort of thing. And also racking the focus, using a lot of foreground elements to background, just racking the focus, you know, that's, that takes a lot of skill and timing as you're tr transitioning off a foreground piece to a background piece. So those, those two things really come to mind. Playing off how you use different camera angles to cover, cover different things and different moments, if I were to get all the camera angles of you being a dad, what does John Densmore, the dad, look like? Well, look in his right element. Me. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought that was yours. <laughs> I know. All my, my Tonka trucks back there. <laughs> we scheduled this meeting, by the way, during my son's nap time. So he's napping right now. Um, you know, since the pandemic, man, I, he's a three, he's three years old right now. And, um, so the pandemic captain, he was a year and a half old and I really just bonded with him. Of course, since I was with him, I was doing daddy daycare every day since I wasn't working. And my wife, you know, was basically working from home in the bedroom. So she had to have it quiet because she was still taking calls. So I just be with him all the time and doing daily activities. Um, so that also gave me a different perspective on life too, you know, and just realized that you know, work is important, obviously, and you can find out your identity with work, but I didn't want work to be all my identity, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of friends, you know, during the pandemic too, um, you know, go through some hard times and depression because they identified only with work. And, you know, once work stopped, it, they became depressed and sad and, you know, trying to find themselves. So I'm now able to I was like that as well, I would say too. But now that I've, I've had my son, you know, it puts, you know, things in perspective a bit. When your son gets older and he understands the world more mm -hmm. and you sit down with him one day, John, and you tell him how you came to Los Angeles, <laughs> you came with basically nothing. You said you knew yeah. one person, nothing was lined up, but you believed in yourself. And then you point to all these Emmys behind you and you point to all these neat shows, these neat sporting events that you've been a part of. What do you want him to know about how you made it right as soon as you got to Los Angeles? Oh, um, that I was just trying to, you know, live life and, you know, test myself in a way, you know, see what I see what I was worth, you know, what's what I can do. And, you know, we still talk about it now in a sense of, you know, is Los Angeles our forever home? You know, could we move to Michigan? Could we move to Austin, Texas? I don't know, you know, anywhere really. And just, you know, rebrand yourself. And, um, but your, your question was about what would I tell my son? And it's I guess. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. And like, when you tell him, when he says, yeah, daddy, how did you make it? How did yeah. you do it? What do you want him to learn about you and your formative years that he can take with him? Yeah, just uh Again, I think it's really just comes down to just living life and just, you know, seeing what makes you happy, right? That's, you know, what, what inspires you, um, as this podcast is all about. Just find out what makes you happy. What, you know, as they always say, you know, you never work a day in your life if you like what you do, right? So something, something like that. Um, and it, I just don't want to stress, though, all the time that work is everything there, too. I don't want it to be, you know, like, hey, you have to find a job and work, 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 work. I mean, yeah, obviously, you have to pay the bills. You have to have a, you know, do that sort of thing. But do what makes you happy. You know, that's really what it comes down to. And find, you know, just 
experiment and find uh, different avenues, you know, meet new people, you know, just be friendly, be kind, you know, and that's also what's humbled me, I think, you know, like I said, when I first moved out here, you know, being a PA and intern, you know, you're really pushed around a lot, you know, and you're treated, you know, a wide, a wide array of, uh, of um, a wide array of, I'm trying to say just, I would just have him, you know, just be happy with who he is. You sure. know, that's about and, it. And, and going off what you just said there, John, about being happy with, with who you are. And as you've mentioned, and in this world of being contracted to, to different events mm-hmm. and it's all event-based, you know, there's always that feeling of, Hey, what is next? What's the next thing you're going to do? And there's always that constant seek seeking and and struggle to to get that next thing and to make sure you're sound financially and as you said there were people and our people we all in a way believe, have this where our identity can be almost completely attached to our work because that's right. all we know we we right. want to be sustaining we love what we do so how do you deal with that in knowing that it's such an important part of who you are but then also having a little bit of peace and mm-hmm. to not be all-encompassing with it where it completely enraptures you and it, it almost paralyzes you well we got a dog because of it too like i said um a dog helped because i was early the early days in santa monica that first year um i was depressed you know i wasn't working and we uh, we found this dog and Aww. this dog he's still around right now you know he was a good therapy dog for me in a way of getting out get it out of the house walking around you know so that was healthy um you know, as, as you get older, I think my, one of my first uh, mentors out here always said that, you know, it takes two years to get established, two years, he said. So I gave myself, you know, kind of that timeline. It was, and he was right, you know. I, I started getting calls and I started, you know, booking more shows. Um, I think, you know, what bottom line is just trust the process, as I try to say, you know, just trust the process. You know, you've done the work um and you continue to do the work you know like i still have um a steady cam practice rig right now in the garage that um you know if i haven't done steady cam in a while i'll just bust it out and practice walk around the house you know keep active that way and i have a digital camera with a nice lens and i'll go out and you know just take take still photos you know to fill that creative void in a way um and help others, you know, just what other, you know, if somebody needs help, uh, either, you know, I made friends with the neighbors down the street if they need help, or if a friend has a project they need help on, uh, creatively, you know, I'll help them out that way. You know, that, that kind of, you know, that's what gets me through. And then to go to where you are now and you get to take in the, the glamour that is these new NFL network studios and you walk in there and no, mm-hmm what the role that you play is how does that feel within you to to understand where you've been and where you are now and being in such an iconic place right just majestically from a production standpoint so beautiful that that you're there and and you're playing a big role in it well i'm not really playing a big role and thank you for saying that but i know i'm I'm playing a a very small role (laughs) Because I just show up and I just, you know, kind of do what I'm told, but, you know, I'll, I'll put my creative taste on things. However, you know, as a freelancer, they, you know, NFL Network has a full-time staff right now, a director and camera crew. Um, but I think the big question is, what's it feel like to be part of a new facility? 
and that's pretty rare, you know, but to be part of something brand new, because um, more often than not, something's already been established and you're just walking into it. And so I got recently to be a part of, you know, Tennis Channel. It was brand new. I walked into the new Tennis Channel studios and I got to walk in the new uh, NFL Network studios. And the energy in both places has just been amazing, you know, especially with NFL Network. You walk in there, it's brand new offices, new cafeteria, you know, they're right next to the stadium. And you walk in, everybody's happy. You know, there's free coffee, free snacks, you know, the, you know, the whole nine yards like that. Um, and you got all these kind of new toys and backgrounds to play with, you know, and nothing, nothing against, of course, Culver City, where it used to be. But you know how it is, you know, just people get set in their ways. And, you know, it's, it's a look, it's that. And you go to some place new and shiny. You're like, oh, what could we do here? What could we do over here? This would be nice. And so that energy, everybody just seems to be very happy and, um, and starting fresh, you know. And same thing with Tennis Channel over there. And now they have Ballet Sports coming in the studio as well. So Ballet's is over there. But like, you know, I don't want to get mixed idea either. Like I said, I'm a freelancer. So it's not like I'm there, you know, like five days a week. I'm there maybe like once a week, you know, two days a week, if that kind of thing. So I'm still, like I said, play a very small role. But I just, you know, try to be social and be happy, meet everybody and, you know, chat, chat it up. You know, that's what it's all about, the relationships, you know. Those relationships have taken you so far, John, but also your talent as well and looking at the 10 years you've been in los angeles it's been inspiring clearly and i'm excited to see what else you're gonna add <laughs> to your arsenal in this in this future of yours because if you've gotten to do what you've done at this point and worked on all these major projects and expanded your creativity and and, and showed off that the genius that you are from a production standpoint my goodness i can't another I 10 years you're John... my hype man you're my hype man, <laughs> hey, sign me up. Up. another yeah, 10 years man. with john densmore and, and I, I, I'm just going to be blown away, and I feel like I, I'm probably going to be correct on that. John Densmore, I'm Brian Fenley. Appreciate you doing this, man. This was a lot of fun looking at your story, seeing how you got through the tough times, and you found the way, thanks in large part to your wife's support, which carried you along, and look at where you are now. Appreciate you doing this. I'm going to say right back to you there, man. Many props to you for starting this podcast or you know this video conference call, and you know, we met, we met, like you said, a couple of years ago and we hit it off and you just, you know, you put yourself out there. I put myself out there. I was like, let's meet up, let's chat. And, you know, so you're, you're out there grinding away too, though. So right back at you, man, just keep it up. You're a good guy. And that opening that you have for me, that's going to be my new voicemail. So when somebody calls, you know, <laughs> you my new voicemail, that's what I want. That's be, that'd be great. But I love what you're doing. Keep it up. And I got some referrals for you too. Just more people to talk to.